Patrick Williams with that outstretched arm and those huge hands knocks the ball away. And that's a big time finish. And right now, Louisville completely back on their heels. And Florida State throwing haymakers in this second half. As Florida State looks fresh. Forrest fresh as he goes to the bucket and got fouled. That's a door slamming right there. But instead, I mean, Trent just put it in that man's mouth. There's no other way to say it. <laughs> it ended his life. He, he made he put it in his mouth and made him chew it. I mean, that was <laughs> All right, so disgusting. we just found the intro to the start of this podcast. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Hear the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. This is a instant reaction to Florida State's statement win in Tallahassee. Uh, the Knolls just blow up in the Tucker Center, beating Louisville, number 11 Louisville, 82-67. to 67. Dunks, Bill Murray, um, crowd atmosphere, um, sell out everything all in one and ACC showdown. Uh, Florida State is now uh, the leader in the ACC uh, and Trent Forrest walks away with 16 points, the leader on the team uh, and also has a posterizer. So we have a lot to talk about in this one. I got our two basketball guys with us this evening. First up, Dustin's back. Uh, he's finally going to join us after his small little break. Uh, he's our lead writer and editor, and also Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer, who is, I don't know, I don't, he's having a pretty good night, I think. It's been pretty solid. Can't complain. I'm back. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, you guys had a pretty good episode without me. I mean, do you even need me here tonight? Well, yeah, we're just going to go and let you say a few things, but, you know, I'm actually starting to get into basketball a little bit more, so... I'll say a little bit more tonight. <laughs> all right, all right. You won't, you won't just be silent the whole time then, like normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna chip in there. I was able to I was able to at least keep up with Austin. Uh, yeah, you had to week. help out. You had to help out last episode. I, I finally thinking. I finally had to. So did a little bit of <laughs> yeah, homework, but always. Well, yeah, but I, I watched the full game tonight, so I, I've got <laughs> I've got good reaction. I'll be there for the reactions that the fans have. I'll let y'all do the analytical talk, and y'all know more names than I do, so. From other teams, but yeah, th- this was uh, man. I watched it from home. Austin watched it from home. Dustin was in the stands there. First off, Dustin, how was the atmosphere there? Because I have not. I was at the Notre Dame game, 
and that was rocking, obviously. But through the TV here, I mean, it went from like different levels on the TV, and I and I still had it about ninety percent up, but still, it felt like there was different levels inside that Tucker Center tonight. Yeah, it was it was definitely a, a crazy atmosphere inside the Tuck. I'd say arguably one of the the loudest atmospheres I've ever been in when it comes to Florida State basketball, if not the loudest. Was it close um, to? Because I went to the Duke game last year, and that was nuts. That was. I'd say it was. I'd say it was louder than that because yeah. it was consistent noise from start to finish. Even even when FSU got down, the the crowd stayed locked in and helped them come back and win this one. Yeah, there was a Louisville reporter that said this was the loudest atmosphere Louisville had played in all year, and they played in Cameron Indoor. So to say the Tucker Center was louder than Cameron Indoor, that's that just shows you how crazy the atmosphere was in the Tuck. Like Logan yeah. said, you could hear him on the TV. It was a different level of loud in there. <laughs> they also yeah. played at Kentucky, so. Yeah, they played volumes. in Rupp and in Cameron. Yeah, no, that, that's impressive. And more than anything, uh, Leonard Hamilton deserves this. I saw him a video of him smiling and high-fiving fans, uh, walking out. And then also, you know, I, I we've had multiple guys here, former Knowles, on, on the podcast, and they've just they, – They've been there through the build of it all, and I think that this was it. This is it's it's been built. Florida State basketball uh, has made a name for itself across the country. It's finally set. This team is fucking good. <laughs> this team is very damn good, um, and it's already set. This team, Terrence Mann, guys from before. Phil Kofer, you know, yep. they talked about it on here. They built this to where now this team is set. Leonard Hamilton deserves so much credit for what he's done because people wanted him fired three years ago. Yeah, and, Flor- and tonight Florida State proved they can not only hang with anyone in the country, they can beat anybody in the country. Nobody wants to play this team in March. The way they play defense, the way they get after you. Offensively, they're starting to really find a rhythm. This team can absolutely go to a final four and win a national championship which is crazy to say even me as optimistic of a fan as i am i said sweet 16 <laughs> elite eight probably but this team has a legitimate chance at a national championship yeah uh, and like you said austin the defense is elite and i think tonight after what we saw tonight we can say florida state probably has the best defense in the country and yeah. in college basketball and and moving forward in, into March and into the tournament, I think the, the big thing for this team is you want to continue to see them be consistent on offense. That's that's really the only drawback to me when you look at Florida State. Sometimes they can go cold from the floor. Like you saw tonight in that first half against Louisville, they went cold. But then that defense is just so good you can rely on it. And then next thing you know, it's been 10 minutes and Louisville hasn't hit a field goal. So. Yeah, really, just you got to rely on that defense and hope the offense just continues to come along. Yeah, I was going to point that out, that that mini stretch, or not even mini stretch, that stretch in the middle of the second half where Louisville, who came into the game 11th in offensive efficiency, went 9, 10 minutes without a field goal. That's some oh. level of defense <laughs> you just don't see. And it's, no, and, and the thing about the first half, too, because Louisville was just hitting shots. They were wet. We were talking about in the group chat. They, they were just hitting shots that, you know, yeah. shouldn't and, have been making, and they were. Yeah, and Florida State didn't do anything differently defensively. They said, okay, they hit some great shots, which they were. Louisville was just hitting contested shots repeatedly. It didn't feel sustainable. They, 
I said Florida State may run more zone in the second half. They only ran one possession of zone the entire game. Florida State just stuck to their guns, said, "Keep if you want to keep doing that to beat us, that's fine, but you're not going to." I'll, I'll yeah. tell you. I'll tell you what. I the the effort. I, I think it was also two of the best teams in the ACC clashing against each other. But the tuck itself brought a lot of energy to this these players, and they kept on. They have repeated this time and time again in interviews that having the fan support. And Leonard Hamilton has said it too. More fan support helps this team more than ever. And seeing that team go from the first half to the second half, and this fan still sticking there and making sure their voices were out and competing uh, against Louisville. I mean that. I, I haven't seen their effort like that, and I don't. I mean, ever to me. I mean, that effort was nuts for rebounds. Guys just trying to get after the ball and not really worrying about their bodies at risk. They were full, you know, full sending on every every part of the game in the second half and, and the first half. But the second half was just a different animal. Totally agree because in that first half, at at some points, I thought Florida State was definitely getting out hustled. Uh, I I can't remember the exact. Yeah point but uh it was a loose a loose ball that florida state lost off of an inbounds and then a louisville player dived for it and found his guy for a layup so it was just like a play like that i was like man we got to get on the floor and then the second half like you said logan they they turned it up and and they did that they outworked louisville out hustled them on both ends and that was a big reason why they won this game but just going back to austin's point real quick on the defensive strategy I agree with you, Austin. It, it didn't feel like Florida State changed up much at all. Even even in the first half, when Louisville was making some of those wild shots uh, outside of the flow of their offense, you could tell that FSU's defense was getting to them and taking them out of their rhythm. And eventually, it was just a matter of time before Florida State's defense finally got to them and locked them down for a bit. Yeah, Louisville was shot 51.6% in the first half and then just 31% or 32% in the second half. And Florida State really didn't do anything different. Um, it, it was really, <laughs> it was fun to see Florida State had seven steals, four blocks. Obviously that helps as well. And the way they play defense is so much, is so much different than every other great defensive team. Virginia packs it in. They said, you can shoot over us. You're not getting in the paint. Syracuse, not as great defensively this year, but in the past when they have been, it's a two, three zone. Florida State just flies around the court, creating turnovers, creating chaos. It's crazy to watch Jordan Warwick, one of the best teams and one of the best players in the conference. First half, he had 11 points and seven rebounds, and he ended the game with 11 points and eight rebounds. Taking a player like him out of out of a game like that, that's amazing. Tell me, Austin, and you know this better than me and Dustin, but going from the first half, what what do you think? What do you think Leonard Hamilton was telling them in the locker room, you know, while they're in halftime? Number one is probably take care of the ball better. Because in the first half, they had nine turnovers. And I, I said it at halftime. They've got to take better care of the ball if they want to win this game. And they did that. They had just two turnovers in the second half. And that's great. I don't think he told them to do anything different defensively, just be more aggressive. And I'm sure he was telling them, get on the floor more, be the first one, win those 50-50 battles. Um, and they always... They usually go over sets that the other team was beating them on at halftime. But even Coach Hamilton said it in his halftime interview, Louisville wasn't beating them on set offense. They were just beating him. They were beating Florida State off the dribble and hitting tough shots. There was nothing Florida State could have done better except just play harder, which they absolutely did. What do you think about offensive-wise? you think he said anything to him about that? Because 
you know, Louisville's bigs being injured, you think he maybe made it a point to get to the rim? Because I thought we really saw Florida State, every every guy on the team was going mm-hmm. at the rim in the second half, and whether it was getting a bucket or drawing fouls and going to the line, they were extremely aggressive attacking. Yeah, and I think that's part of being more aggressive, just in general, is getting to the basket more. And if when you're getting to the basket, you're creating those open kickout threes, which Florida State only hit five threes in this game. But in the grand scheme of things, getting to the rim is going to suck in that defense for kickout threes. That's what Coach Hamilton wants. If you can't get the look at the rim, kick it out for the corner three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, Florida State was just get, they were getting to the rim at will, especially in the second half. Um, Malik Williams went out early with an ankle injury. Stephen Enoch was already limited due to an ankle injury. After that, they have no bigs. Their other freshman big, I think, was out with a shoulder injury. So they were playing a six-five guy at center. You can't do that against Florida State and expect to win. You really can't. Leonard Hamilton just tweeted and said, this is the loudest I've ever heard the arena tonight. Really appreciate our fan support tonight. So there you go. That The the owner of that arena pretty much tells you that is the loudest he's <laughs> ever seen it. So that's it. That was the loudest the Tuck has ever been. So Dustin and I hope, it's, I hope it's just as loud for senior night when Trent Forrest mm-hmm. plays his last game in a Florida State jersey. Absolutely. That boy I, needs his jersey in the rafters. Yeah. Let's talk. I want to. <laughs> There's so many like highlights of this game, but I want to kind of I know the po- the posterizer by him, and then Williams dunk. Even uh, uh, Walker had a dunk too. Nobody really remembers that. But then <laughs> the sell before that really kind of got the Knowles rolling a little bit, and just some of his shots are just just dis- just disgusting to me sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of just stupid good. I mean, obviously a lottery pick, but. Can we talk? Like, can we kind of like go through the phase here of where Florida State just brought, like sprung up that momentum, and it seemed like Devin Vassell really started getting kicked it going. Yeah, Vassell yeah. was pretty quiet throughout the first half, mm-hmm. and Florida State got down big again in the second half. Was down twelve. They started chipping away, chipping away. Then Trent hits a jump, or Devin hits a jumper with seventeen minutes left to make it a six-point game. And from there, he just kept rolling. Another jumper with fifteen minutes left. That was an and one. Another basket with 14 minutes left. Another basket with 12 minutes left. That was a three. Once he got rolling, Florida State's offense got rolling. It's not an accident because he's that kind of player that has such an impact on the rest of the team and the flow of the team. His energy spreads to everyone else. And once he gets going, everyone else has that confidence that, yeah, we got this. We're good. Yeah, you pretty much said all that needs to be said. Uh, FSU just needed Vassell to, to find his offense a little bit once he did that opened up the floor for everyone else and Louisville couldn't can couldn't continue to to stop him. And then that allowed guys like Patrick Williams to get in and start attacking the rim. And then obviously that huge dunk by Trent and a couple of other plays he made down the stretch inside where he just bullied man, I, I don't remember who who it was. I guess it was David David Johnson, but Trent was bullying him inside on offense those last couple of minutes. Yeah, and Trent's that kind of player. I mean, not every point guard is 6'4", 200 pounds. He's, he's going to bully you if he hit, feels like he has a chance. But man, that poster, I did not see that coming. Because he's had, he's had almost dunks in the past. I forget what game it was, but I think it was my sophomore year. Where, it was sophomore year at Boston College. He almost put someone on a very similar poster. And to see it now against Louisville, against the preseason conference player of the year, Good. I jumped off my couch. I almost sprained my ankle. <laughs> it was great. 
Jeez, man. Uh, and then obviously Patrick Williams gets the steal. Nasty done. That kind of stuff right there makes me like punch through like my table. <laughs> uh, my roommate like just looks at me and I'm like, why aren't you also punching the table? Yeah, that's <laughs> me I, like, I'm like beating my chest, screaming. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I'm saying at least 10 cuss words in a matter of five <laughs> seconds. I'm just I feel bad for my neighbors. I had my window down. I've just found out. So that wasn't good. But um, that that kind of that kind of stuff right there just. The whole arena, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, obviously, it's it's complete obvious. If, if, you're, if you're living in Tallahassee, if you're an FSU fan, go to these games because it helps the team so much. But anyways, him dunking that down obviously just brought a lot of momentum on that bench and overall as a team. Yeah, and it's the plays like that that can change a whole ball game. But a guy I want to point out real quickly who I thought played some really quality minutes tonight was Raekwon Evans, yeah. who got some time in relief at Trent Forrest. And he only went one of four from the field, but offensively he was really aggressive, attacking the interior, getting an and one, going to the line, getting some more free throws, and also looked pretty good on defense, providing some pressure on the outside on Louisville's guards. So it's just it's really encouraging to see the progression that he's made from the beginning of the season to now. And Moving forward, I mean, he's a he's a viable part of this rotation, I think, behind Trent Forrest to give him some minutes whenever Trent's too tired to be out there. Yeah, and he started the season slow because he had that partially torn hamstring, and he was still kind of working his way back from it. But we've seen the last month, month and a half, he can be a really good player, a really quality rotation piece. And like you said, give Trent those deserved minutes off he needs. And to your point about Raquan Evans, he hit two free throws that gave Florida State the lead with nine and a half minutes left, and they didn't look back. They didn't lose the lead at any point after that. They just ran away with this game. Raekwon Evans is a very good player, and he, he's going to be very important to this player or for this team going forward into March and for next season. Yeah, and one thing I one thing I noticed from him out that doesn't really impact the box score was there was a there was a sequence where MJ got fouled under the basket, and I guess maybe he was either a Louisville player said something to him, or he started jawing at the Louisville players, and Raekwon Evans walked up to him grabbed him, turned him around, looked him in the eyes, and, and got him back focused in the game and got the guys into a huddle. So I just thought that was a really big kind of a leadership moment for Raekwon Evans and a crucial moment of the ball game where you don't want your guys to lose their heads in that kind of an emotional uh, outburst. What about – I mean, there, the thing is there's a lot of guys here, obviously – one, two, three, four, five. Five guys over 10 points. Anthony Polite, too, had two threes, which really kept... I think there was some shots, definitely from Polite, too, but other guys that kind of... in Walker, too, where, you know, kind of FSU was down, obviously, but kind of just kept them in that mindset, you know, that this... Not, we're not going to let them get away too far with this. And they were able to cut it down to eight points going into the half. But it just shows how deadly, and the announcers keep on talking about it. And they talked about it last year, but now it's just quite obvious that how deadly it is to have these guys come in and you got to be ready for whatever set Leonard Hamilton and company are bringing in continuously because there's just so many of them coming out and they have different kind of talents that it's just like, damn, what am I supposed to do? And Louisville does, I mean, what the announcers are saying, I'm sure you guys know better, but they're kind of saying, no, Louisville does the same thing too, but they just couldn't handle it. And Louisville's depth is a different kind of depth. Once you start getting towards the end of the rotation, it's very limited players, skill set wise. Like R Ryan McMahon, the most annoying six foot white player I've ever seen, 
He may have had 14 Pass. points, but he only, he was only doing it in one way. He was just getting easy looks from three. Yeah. Once you limit that, he can't do anything. The same goes I mean, for some of these other players, like uh, Will, uh, Samuel Williamson. He may have had four points really early on, but one was off the layup on that hustle play that uh, Dustin pointed out earlier. If you let those kind of guys beat you, then, yeah, you're going to be in for a long night. But their end of the rotation is such a, such a limited skill set. Whereas with Florida State, you've got Anthony Polite coming off the bench. You can defend, hit threes, handle the ball if you need him to, and push in transition. You've got Wyatt Wilkes. Yeah, he's mostly a limited shooter, but he's also a very underrated passer. He knows the offense very well. Patrick Williams coming off the bench is arguably the best all-around player on this team. You've got Raekwon Evans, who you just pointed out, great ball hander, great defender. And they just keep coming at you with guy after guy after athlete after athlete. It's so hard to game plan for Florida State. And I don't envy any coach that has to. Do we want to talk about Trent Forrest and what he did with the live murder on my television? Like that's ready to talk about it, but yeah, let's talk about it again. We need to talk about it. It needs to be talked about. It's going to be on ESPN. It's going to be shown in numerous hype videos whenever they have recruits coming in. Uh, they're going to, it's going to be shown everywhere. Uh, but what happened in front of my eyes was really <laughs> deadly. Uh, I felt really bad for that kid. Um, then I, I said a lot more cuss words. <laughs> my cats like jumped out through the window. I don't know where they're at, but um, <clears throat> that was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it was funny because Louisville was pressing on the inbounds pass, and it looked like Florida State was struggling to get it in, and then they finally get it in under their basket, and Louisville was still was still pressing, and I'm like, oh, man, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. And then I, I forget who had the ball, but they swing it to Trent, Walker. and he's just wide Walker. open. Yeah, Walker. Yeah, so MJ Walker. swings it to Trent, and Trent's just wide open. Does Walker want to play football? Because <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he was, had he had offers coming out of high school. So from Clemson, I believe he had an offer from Clemson, if I'm correct. Clemson, Michigan, FSU. Yeah. he had a few really big offers. He can play quarterback. He's done that a few times during his career at FSU, being able to throw it down the court. But that that he, I watched the slow mo of that. He just hit him right in the hands. Yeah, but I mean, it just I'm. It was funny because it looked bad at first. It was like, man, I hope they can get over the line. And then he finds a wide open Trent Forrest. I'm like, all right, Trent's probably going to run some clock. And I'm like, oh man, that's what he usually does. He's going, he's going for it. And then he just, I did not, I didn't think it was going to end up that way. I thought maybe it was going to be end up like a hard foul, like War was going to hit him and it was going to be a foul. Trent was going to fall down. But instead, I mean, Trent just put it in that man's mouth. There's no other way to say it. <laughs> it ended his life. He, he made, he put it in his mouth and made him chew it. I mean, that was. <laughs> All right, so we just found the intro to the start of this podcast. I'd also like to point out that was Louisville's only press defense of the entire game. (laughs) That was the only possession they ran press on. (laughs) Wow. God, I mean. And the reaction afterwards was just as good because he went from one sideline back to the bench screaming the entire time, and you're like, is this really just worst? Yeah, and I was about to say, isn't he usually kind of a quiet, not quiet, but, you know, he's kind of an underkept dude. Yeah, kind of chill. He's a he's the leader. He's the old one. But you always like to see those older senior guys just break out and see what they're really like. And that's obviously the fans loved it. I love it. Obviously, he's very deserving. Um, 
and he's just it's just disgusting you know i think uh we uploaded that video uh, or we uploaded it on our twitter and that has already been taken down twitter told us that that was wow. too much violence it said violence and murder can't post murders on Did twitter it really <sighs> Oh, wait. You're, no, I'm just you're about as gullible as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I love that kind of stuff. Like, I'm a big, like, NBA, like, just give me somebody like LeBron James, just steal away a dunk, and then that's it. I'm fine. I can I can sleep good after a good dunk like that. But, yeah, that – how was it after Dustin for you when he when he hit that? Was it Was that just it? Was that the loudest you've ever heard it, like, right there? Oh, it it exploded. I mean, I don't I don't think people like knew, men, knew what to do. Like losing their minds, like old men just freaking out. Because yeah, yeah, that's more, how I was. More than old men, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like I'm last time that what I would think it would be when I went when we went and watched the national championship, and when obviously Jameis hit KB there and the Rose Bowl, and just watching my dad go from a 40-year-old, I know he's probably listening to this, so I'm going to say like, I'm going to say younger, so I'm going to go like 40, <laughs> I'm go like 45, but anyways, going from that to my age, being like 16, 14, whatever I was, and just freaking out, and the guy, the men next to me that I've known my whole life just go from that to a little kid, that's how I feel like the Tucker Center had to be, just everybody losing their minds, and there's diehard FSU basketball fans, man, that go every year to that, and they're so devoted to it. And it, it, it's so pleasing. I can't, I can't believe it, man. The, <laughs> the change. Yeah. Like the... It, so many people drove in on a Monday night from Atlanta, Jacksonville. Like, not It wasn't just Tallahassee, but people went to StubHub, said, I'm going to this game. I don't care how far away I'm going. And they drove to Tallahassee for a Florida State basketball game on a Monday night. That is awesome to me. I and they're 100% going or still at Whataburger right now and enjoying <laughs> life, <laughs> eating as many fries as they can get and are going to drive back home. And, I mean, happy. Those guys, happy as hell that they did that. Good for them. It's just crazy because I remember when I started going to Florida State basketball games in 2012 when uh, FSU was eight – when they won the ACC championship – I mean, even that year, the, the games weren't selling out. The student section wasn't very packed. And 2013, 2014, 2015, all, all those years, uh, the struggling years, I mean, it, it was obviously not very packed. And then you get back to what Leonard Hamilton has built this program into over the last three, four years. And it didn't it didn't really get like this until this year. It's It's been different. I, I don't know how else to say it. I've never seen the Tucker center, this, this filled with people every night. Now, no matter what opponent is coming to Tallahassee, you've got a packed house. And and that's just, that's something that FSU fans shouldn't take for granted after what this program was dealing with just a couple years ago. And I think the difference between 2012 and now we may be having the same kind of success. 2012, we weren't as good of a team, but they were having the same kind of success where they're competing for the ACC. Now is such a more exciting brand of basketball. You weren't mm-hmm. having these kind of posters like Trent Forrest just had with Thievedis dual keys. Mm-hmm. You weren't having three ball after three ball after three ball besides dual keys, obviously. But from everyone else on the roster, you weren't having that. It's a fast-paced moving offense compared to the grinded-out twin post system they ran 
eight years ago. It's such a more exciting brand of basketball. The defense is more exciting. It's just more fun to watch. Back then, you're scoring 50 points a game. That's not fun. Now you're scoring 80 against the 11, the number 11 team in the country. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a tiny bit. I think, I think for that Tucker Center too. Uh, I think they could even add more fans by the marching or by the Chiefs over there. Um, there's so much room there, which where I wish they could slap down another 300, 500 uh, students there, so they could be on behind the basket on the other side. Just because I know they have the null zone, but on the other side, um, just or whichever it was, I remember I saw it on TV. But there's so much room still where I think they should slap down even more students i think they i think you might see that they more people the better because you know you see in cameron Andor, they're so close to the court but you know fsu is kind of far away and it's a lot of people complain about it that the student section so far away from the actual court itself um and then they do their they do their job obviously tonight they were losing their minds with their voices uh but i, I still think they can fill up even more man the, the tugger center is gigantic yeah, that's a big arena. Yeah, I think it holds. I think it holds twelve thousand for an, an average event. I think eleven eight for basketball because they changed the area behind the basket by the bench. Because now it's kind of like a fancy. You can get food there. You can have a table, not just a seat. Um, I won't be surprised if they went away with that and just went back to seats. Because, like you said. You can get back up to 12,000 people in there and get that place even more rocking, put more students in there, get the old geezers out. Sorry. <laughs> get people that care about basketball in there and get that place rocking every game because this team's going to be good. It's not just now. And a lot of people keep forgetting we had a five-star on his visit for this game, five-star point guard Kennedy Chandler. Just came off a of Kentucky visit, which I heard went okay. I have a feeling he's going to like this visit. <laughs> <laughs> wow need to tweet that one yeah and kenny chandler is a, a guy they want to team or pair up with bryce mcgowan's in the 2021 class so there's certainly a way to catch his eye i would say which if y'all haven't been keeping up with bryce mcgowan's he just dropped 65 points <laughs> in a game yeah. this past weekend florida state's yeah. gonna be so good these next few years yeah yeah so Talent just keeps coming yeah, yeah, it does. So that means that we need to continue to do. We'll be doing a little bit more of uh, instant reactions to basketball games, not just football games, right? I'm done. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a good idea. Um, you want to go into some questions here because I know we tweeted out quite a few. We need to probably run through these. Um, let's jump through them. So this one is from at zero bean zero asks. What do they do in the locker room every time MJ goes out with a season-ending injury to get him back in the game in 10 minutes? I don't know, but it's pretty great. Um, he's he's just one secrets, of those, right? Yeah, he's just one of those. He gets he gets beat up and nicked and banged here and there, and he he gets bruised easily. But he's a tough kid too. I mean, he rolled his he did roll his ankle on a ref who I don't know what the ref was doing, why he stops in the middle of the floor when he's supposed to be sprinting at the base. Never mind, but. That was an actual injury for him to come back and say, no, I want to help win this game. Uh, kudos to him. I want to talk about that real quick, Austin. What what was the ref doing? I have absolutely no idea. Because that ref's supposed to sprint from half court to the baseline. Yeah, so he was he like went from half court. Yeah, and he kind of started lightly jogging and then just stopped in front of MJ when he felt MJ behind him. And MJ rolls his ankle and 
tackles the ref. He's like, yo, what are you doing? I was, I'm still angry about that. Like, that's unbelievable. That was just a weird, that was a weird sequence. Because you got MJ hopping on the guy's back and the ref's like sitting there trying to blow his whistle to stop play. Yeah. Just odd. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what they do to MJ. I'm, I'm waiting for this man to have his 2008 Paul Pierce NBA Finals game <laughs> where he goes out with the... Like I thought, it, I thought it was. So he wanted to shit his pants and then come back. Nah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not convinced that's what's happening. But hey, what, whatever it takes for a win. Jeez, <laughs> this will do anything for a win. This next question is from Heath. I'm gonna call you. He asks, "How mad is Louisville at FSU after the recruiting and basketball ass whoopings we've handed them?" So obviously, Florida State. 2-0 against Louisville this season, and, you know, we've already talked about it numerous times, but Chubba Purdy flips from Louisville, quarterback, and also, um, God dang it, why am I over here missing names? Am I, uh, Josh Griffiths, Josh Griffiths flips from Louisville, uh, obviously, and more. Plus the transfer. Yep, yep, uh, defensive end transfer from Louisville, comes over to FSU. They're not really happy with the FSU right now. I don't think. Yeah, I think this is a good time to go into the tweet I tweeted out saying, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much does Louisville hate Florida State? I said best response would get a shout-out. So tonight's winner is at Nola Noel Ian. He said, which number do you want? Two is the number of basketball losses to Florida State. Four is the number of football players lost to Florida State. 28 is the number of combined points and basketball wins. Zero is the number of times you'll hear a Louisville fan talking shit. Jesus. Wait, so, say that again? He said two is the number of basketball losses to Florida State. Four is the number of football players lost to Florida State. 28 is the number of combined losses in basketball wins. And zero is the number of times you, you will hear a Louisville fan, Louisville fan talking shit. <laughs> so that is how much Louisville hates Florida State right that now. Is, that, is, that is actually true. Hey, yeah, they're going to be... It's gonna be an interesting game. I remember year. before before the the at Louisville game, the podcast we did. I was talking about. It, I was like, FSU's got to be prepared for this because Louisville is gonna give them everything they've got after what we did to them in football, and it just it it hasn't mattered. I mean, I mean, Louisville's little little brother at this point. They're not your little brother. They're son. Nah, they're sister. <laughs> Stepsister. Daughter. Daughter bitch whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> dustin's back <laughs> all right this next question is from also heath asks also does this solidify that honey fried chicken is better than kfc yum chicken obviously talking about the kfc yum chicken up there in louisville if this doesn't confirm that i don't know what does well, well, let me let me interject here because KFC released a sandwich today. I knew, today, it. I knew it is you were going to bring it. Two donuts with a fried chicken fillet in have the you, middle. Have you already tried it? I hope he has. I haven't. I haven't tried it, but I am. That will happen this week, Austin. It will happen this week. It's going to happen. To be honest, I'm kind of thinking about trying it too. No, I'm thinking about trying it too. No, I'm going to yeah. lose both co-hosts to heart. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin is already on the verge, right, Dustin? We might so. die, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question is from Jay Sands. One three one three asks: If we win out, do we win the ACC? So I think we can tie this in with a question we're going to have later. Uh, it's not. It was from at Nick Ritter who said, "Not really a question. 
but just a breakdown of the remaining games for Duke and Florida State for as the easier path to the one seed. It's going to come down to Florida State and Duke as long as they both take care of business. Louisville still has an outside chance, but they would need Florida State to basically lose out and Duke to basically lose out. Um, Duke plays at Wake Forest Wednesday night. Wake Forest gave them a battle last year, but it's Wake Forest. Um, then they go at Virginia February 29th on Saturday. That's going to be a really tough be game. The game. Yeah, if they're going to lose, it's going to be that game. And then they close out with two home games against NC State and Carolina, both in-state rivals. NC State's a solid team. Carolina's not. Um, but Carolina gave them a battle in the first game as well. Um, if Duke's going to drop a game, it's going to be at Virginia. That's a really tough game. And Virginia's starting to come into their own. Uh, don't look now, but they're 11-4 and four in conference. They can, they're going to start winning games here at the end. And then Florida State closes out at Clemson at Notre Dame and Boston College. Yeah, those Clemson and Notre Dame games are trap games for sure. You can't over, overlook either of those teams, but it should also be games that Florida State wins. And then Boston College, they've won some games here and there, but for the most part, I'm not too worried. Plus, on Trent Forrest's senior night, they're not losing. Yeah, like you said, Duke, uh, they've got to lose that Virginia game for Florida State to win the regular season title. I'm a little I'm a little worried this Saturday about the trip to Clemson. I don't know why. Just because Clemson they beat they beat Duke at home too, right? And Louisville. Yeah, I know they beat Duke Louisville. And Louisville at home. So it's just it's I, I don't know what it is. It's one of those places this year that Clemson has had some success against elite teams. Um Florida State, after this emotional win over Louisville tonight. They're just gonna have to stay focused, and I mean they've got a they've got a long break before Saturday, so fatigue won't be an issue. They've got to stay locked in and come out and take care of business on the road, which is always a little bit more difficult than expected in the ACC. Next, next question: We're gonna have to be uh, pretty smart here. I'm gonna go from basketball to football real quick because this is most certainly all basketball. But this is a question from at jsands1313, or no, actually this is from at Coach Lip. Asks, do you think Akeem Dent plays safety or corner this year? And this is actually a pretty good question. I'm interested to see what you two think, and I also have my take on it. But obviously, um, I'll bring back Travis J. But I'll give y'all you you guys give y'all's opinion. I think he's going to play corner because he at times he looked a little lost at safety last year. And I think he's more a more natural corner, and I think he's going to be more comfortable there. So I'll, I'll say cornerback. Yeah, like you said, I think I think corner is a better spot for him. He he played more of that in high school than safety. And it's just I think his ball skills will be different at corner. Yeah, uh, Travis J, who we did not see last year, is going to come in. Obviously, we're expecting him to have full eligibility and uh, be able to practice in a few weeks starting spring camp. Uh, he comes in. I think also Woodby is going to go back to his safety area uh, mm-hmm. spot, uh, which is also something to note. And like you guys, you know, said, Kim Dent came in to college from high school, Madison County, playing corner. Um, you also bring in a very highly respected guy coming from this uh, 2020 class, Demory Tate, who you can kind of throw around in different places. Might be kind of like uh, Jaden Woodby, like he has been in last year or so. Uh, that DB area is always loaded for FSU, but I, I would like to see Akeem Den maybe move down. I think, yeah, he was kind of in 
all over the place uh, this last season. But he did put himself, he was getting better. And you got to remember, he was just a true freshman playing a safety role. Uh, and he, he could have had like four interceptions. <laughs> if he would have made those interceptions, we probably would have been like, oh, you can just stay right there then. But uh, it'll be interesting. Spring camp's just in a couple weeks. So um, we have a lot to talk about. And we got a lot of breakdowns too. So thanks for that question, Coach Lip. Next question is from Nick Ritter. We're going back to basketball. Not really a question. No, but we already did that. Oh, yeah, you already went over yeah, that one. Yeah, I tied that in. All right, so this is from Heath again. Uh, he, he says, on a real note, what's the importance of a win like that and the electric atmosphere that was present for the visiting five-star and his parents to see and feel? Obviously, it's huge because it's, it's signifying Florida State's not a rival, but that they're here to stay. Florida State's not going anywhere. They're not a blue blood, but they're a new blood. They're going to win games. They're going to be great at home. They've won, what, 22 straight now and 63 of their last 66, I think, off the top of my head. That's yeah. ridiculous. And the atmosphere is just going to keep getting better the more fans start to see, hey, we've got a real program over there at the Tucker Center. I know it's on the other side of campus, but, yeah, that's a, that's a huge game. Yeah, like you said, I think it just shows what Florida State is building. And when you have a talent like this in the building – um, you you can sell to them like, look, we're just we're one guy away, a guy like you away from being in the national championship. And you can also look at what Florida State's done with guards of his caliber, guards of that size, show the guys that are in, that are in the NBA and, and just show them that an atmosphere, a crowd like this. That a great a great program is being built in Tallahassee. Next question right here, and it's pretty funny. This is from Del Taco, 2528. He asks, how many spots do we drop on Ken Palm now after this <laughs> win? <laughs> Ken Palm's been on drugs this year, man. I don't know wow. what they're doing. They have 14 and 14 Purdue, like 24th. I don't, I don't understand it at all. But I think they've already moved us up. I can double check real quick. And yeah, I want to explain, me. Dustin, explain sure, to the I mean, listeners, too, that might not know what Ken Palm is, because they probably think it's some Chinese restaurant right now. Oh, crap. Mine's all messed up. It's basically like an advanced analytic system that deals with a bunch of a bunch of different stats to kind of project where each team should be ranked in the top 25. And it, it doesn't necessarily add up with all of the the other polls and the bracketology and stuff like that that's out there. It's, it's its own system, its own format right now. It's got Florida state as number 17, which at is 24 and a four. few spots higher. It is a few spots <laughs> higher than they were this morning, but to expand on what Kempom is, their formula helps predict who's going to be great in the postseason. It's not a formula of who's great right here, right yeah. now. But I also don't think Florida state's, going to be the 17th best team in the country come early april like some of these teams ahead of them 18 and 9 texas tech no 19 and 8 arizona no 22 and 6 creighton no 23 and 7 byu no 18 and 9 michigan hell no west virginia yeah west virginia maryland. just lost tonight at texas maryland's maryland will give us a really san tough diego game. state yeah we beat the crap out of san diego state and Gonzaga. Gonzaga worries me. I'm not gonna lie, but like 18 and nine, Michigan State seventh. Like I just I don't. They're top three teams. I agree with Kansas State, like Gonzaga, 
I think those are all great Final Four contenders. Duke is not the fourth best team in the country. San Diego State's not the fifth best team in the country. Dayton's not the sixth best team in the country. It can go on and on. Um, but yeah, they've been on drugs this year, and I'm usually such a huge fan of them. This next question and our final one is from at GRNOL15. If we are a one seed, that potentially has a matchup with UNC in the quarters if they finish last. Not a team I'd want to play up in their backyard. If they're the 15th seed and in the ACC tournament, they might as well just roll over and die. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, no one's showing up for that game anyway. Cancel the season. And, it, yeah, it's technically the backyard. Greensboro's an hour, 45 minutes to an hour away from Chapel Hill. No one cares. If Carolina was really the 15th seed, no one cares. Right now they are the 15th seed. Who would have thought? <laughs> of course, I thought right? I was crazy about having them sixth preseason. Seven straight losses in conference play. And they have to be just... And I feel like half of those are on buzzer beaters. It's been a weird season for Carolina. It's fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enjoy definitely definitely enjoy them not having any success. And, you know, a lot of Florida State fans, well, Florida State football fans, they've been a little more quiet on Twitter since since the new year started. Yeah, I wonder why that is. This this season in college basketball is, I've said it before, but this season in college basketball is 2007 football, college football. This season's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. Florida State's last three games of the regular season. Florida State is going to go travel and play against Clemson on Saturday at 2 p.m. Then they will travel once again and face Notre Dame next Wednesday at 9 p.m. primetime. Then the final game of the season, of the regular season, senior night. Boston College is coming into town. I think a lot a lot of people are going to try to be at that one, obviously, before postseason play begins. Any last thoughts and anybody want any statement have any statements they want to say after tonight's just statement win coming out of Tallahassee? Well, I, I will say this. At, at, at the conclusion of the game, I got a text from someone in, someone I know in the NBA circle said, to me, that was the best team in the country. And that second half, you can easily argue – that could have been the best team in the country. They were suffocating on defense. Yeah, what do you call they it, deadly? Making, yeah, they were making everything on offense. They were getting to the rim. They were sort of kind of making threes, but they've shown they can make their threes. They were hitting their free throws. Everything you want a team to do against a great team like Louisville, they were doing. And not only that, but they just beat NC State on Saturday as well. They've picked up two quadrant one wins in the span of 52 hours. That's the sign of a really, really great basketball team. Yeah, that's important to note on because it was a quick turnaround for Florida State to play this game against Louisville. Louisville also played on Saturday, but they pl- they played at home while while Florida against State Carolina. was on the road. And yeah, I mean they they really battled and they showed why they're one of the best teams in college basketball, if not the best team in college basketball at this moment. And they they showed the potential of what they could be in March in those last 20 minutes, a deadly team on defense and one who when, when feeling it on offense is also pretty good there as well. So Florida state, they're going to be dangerous. I'd like to point out that 
ESPN at halftime, they ran through what makes a national championship contender. Among those was experienced guard play, which Florida State has. You've got Trent Forrest, a senior point guard, who's as good as any point guard in the country. You've got MJ Walker, a junior, who's played really well the past month. Dem Vassell, maybe not as experienced, but he still has experience hitting big shots, like he did against Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament last year. You have to be top 20 efficiency offense and defense. They sit just outside 20 on offense, and they're inside the top 20 on defense at 15. This can this really is a national championship contender, and I, I think fans are really starting to see that. Which is scary because coming into this year, we were talking about how we thought Florida State was probably one year away from really being of that caliber, and they 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 peaked a little bit early. Credit to the goat, the OG <laughs> gangster, <laughs> Coach Hamilton. Yes, yes, I'm excited about having. I I don't want this season is isn't gonna. I'm not even gonna say anything because I don't have any wood near me. But anyways, I'm excited to have hopefully. And once the season is over, having these guys come on and talk to us too, because I mean, what a what a wild season! Because a lot of people, and they said it too, you know, a lot of people doubted them coming into the season. I personally didn't see this happening at all. If you would have told me FSU's at number six, um, getting ready to head into March, like stop it! <laughs> what is Leonard Hamilton doing? Uh, but from really after that game, really just for me. Just give me more dunks like that. That's all I need. I might I might have a broken hand after the season, and I might have to buy another table inside my living room. Um, that reminds me, I need to go find my cats. But uh, just give me more dunks like that, and we're going to be fine. That's all I need. I don't, I'm just easy going. Um, but, yeah, and also, hopefully, uh, this is just our instant reaction podcast. Uh, we're getting close also, which is crazy to think about. I completely forgot about football, but – Football, uh, when we record next, we're going to recap whatever, all the hot hitters and stuff that's related to football. We're going to start getting you guys ready, too, for spring practice, which is happening pretty soon. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about with Mike Norvell. Also, we got to go through skill uh, position and position groups and depth chart uh, predictions and all that kind of jazz. Uh, so that's going to be coming up soon in the next couple of episodes. Um Hopefully we'll be able to have Dustin back on. You know, is you gonna be able to hang around with us and do a couple more episodes, Dustin Lewis? I'll think about it. I have a couple of vacations lined up, but I'll, I'll see <laughs> oh, yeah, if I can do get you? some time in for you do guys. You? Must be nice. Yeah, must be real nice. Huh. <laughs> yeah. He was telling us he's playing Call of Duty every night. That's uh, Austin. He could have been on here recording. But anyways, I'm um, just drink my tea over here or my natty ice. Um but yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, if you're on any other platform, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you'll be alerted every time we upload a new episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Hear the Spirit. The guys and the co-hosts uh, Twitter ats are below in the description. Uh, but yeah, Florida State has a statement win and Tallahassee defeating Louisville, number 11 in the country, 82-67. to We'll talk to you guys in the next episode later in the week.